We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who should you take with the 101 and rookie startup drafts? That's what we're going to talk about on today's show with some listener questions. We're going to talk, is Bijan Robinson the must draft at the 101 or should you be going for the alternative option? I guess the common approach and take a quarterback in these super flex formats. I'm interested in Sean's takes because I know we can like to wait on quarterbacks in some of our best ball drafts. So we'll see if we're going to think about holding off and avoiding drafting quarterbacks and super flex and these rookie drafts coming up what sean thinks of some of the prospects as well so sean our third show of the week here we had the drafts earlier in the week where we went through some of our favorite late round targets we went through our early kind of preferences and super flex drafting and best ball with that underdog draft a lot of fun love how that team came out but i'm looking forward again we like to cover all topics here we like to cover best ball we like to cover dynasty we like to cover really everything in between and i'm very excited about some of the people that we're going to have on in the next couple of weeks previewing the nfl draft looking at those rookie prospects the profiles and so on but we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well when we discuss that 101 and rookie startups exciting sean you know it's a kind of a, a trope here on ot but the most exciting time of the year we are basically uh three weeks away from the nfl draft at this point pretty excited to see where these rookies land and and how that affects their their draft capital and rookie drafts how that affects their you know positions and adp and basketball it's going to be it's going to be a fun time here it is as you mentioned every time of the year is the best time of the year for fantasy that's <laughs> that's what we've evolved into and and it couldn't be better to be able to do these ffpc and underdog drafts while we're doing draft prospect content making these dynasty trades column you and i executed a few very minor trades at the ffpc trade deadline last friday night swap some middle round picks in 2024 we'll go into a little more detail on that in the future but all of those picks even if it's just a small move can be very very helpful i had an article up on the site called seven takeaways from the trade deadline or from the cut down deadline i should say as we look at these blockbuster deals and also the deals that facilitate those blockbuster deals make sure you check that out if you're looking at or wondering how to make more trades and more favorable trades for both you and your trade partners in dynasty 
Well, Colin, as you mentioned, we have, I wouldn't say controversial, but some very provocative questions for the show today. The listeners doing a great job of sending these in. How do we trade for the best players in Dynasty? And what should we be doing at the very top of rookie drafts? Yeah, and I love getting the questions in all the time. Love the interaction. I've mentioned that more and more on recent shows because it has been just, you know, there's more people reaching a fantastic time of year to have questions. And to look ahead to build those Dynasty rosters, you mentioned, Sean, the small moves that we've made. And then you mentioned also the moves in your article about facilitating to get those bigger deals done. It is those small little kind of moves and moves and moves moves that are able to make those bigger deals but maybe you're in a situation and this is where the first question starts off that maybe you have the 101 this year maybe it is a super flex league super flex becoming so so popular now over the last four or five years i would say but you know a lot of your back formats are super flex available at the moment from a variety of different outlets but Bijan robinson an exciting prospect coming in to the nfl draft obviously we're going to find out where he lands but at the moment, the 101 is coming up quite a few times as to is he the option there. And then we obviously come into the need of position. I had a conversation with a, a listener earlier this week where he moved the 101 to a, a manager in his league who he believes is desperate to you know, get a quarterback in this draft. And that would allow him to move back to the 102. And that and he's hopeful of getting Robinson. That is his preferred option now at the 102. Do you think you know, we get into the positional need versus the, the best player available option in some of these dynasty leagues. But is the bet to bet on Bijan? There's a lot of kind of similar words there. Better than a bet on Strider Richardson. He mentions he understands the market reasons to trade off the 101 if you're not taking Bijan, but agnostic of the uh, agnostic of that and just in the abstract, if we are going to get a QB prospect going 101, isn't that what we want in Superflex? And then to kind of follow on that, he mentions that if we're going to take a, a running back over several of these QBs just at the time when running back positional value is waning away, when zero and hero RB are the law of the land, when game-breaking QBs are the scarcest commodity that dominate the first round of startups, you know, what the heck are we doing? And so I, I really, I love that way of phrasing it because it really creates very good context here for thinking through this question and where are we with these running backs versus the game-breaking QBs. And for me, I think this is an interesting question because, I mean, there are so many parts of it. We could talk about this for two or three hours and still only really be scratching the surface. But we're going to dive into a few of the, I think, key elements. And the first is that when we see this sort of sea change at the running back position in terms of how they're being valued, that perhaps creates an opportunity. So ever since 2013, basically since the beginning of Rotoviz, we've been encouraging people to at least consider the possibility that going after these unique high-scoring players at the top of drafts at running back but players who get injured frequently and create some structural issues for you, that maybe there's some risk there. But then there's definitely risk if you are not in position to get the stars and you're chasing points. The wide receivers will give you the best way to approach it. So one of the parts that we might actually 
be thinking about here as opposed to the QBs is whether or not Smith and Jigba is actually the guy that you want at number one. Now, I know a lot of very savvy dynasty managers are trying to get into that 104, 105 range where they think that JSM will fall to because he may in fact be the most valuable player in this draft because it's not really about running backs. And I would argue that it's not going to be about QBs in exactly the way that people think as we go forward, that the stud QB and super flex is basically the new running back, running back start in that when you're chasing that beginning, we're chasing those points and we're chasing what feels like the security of that. You're actually introducing massive amounts of risk. And so one of the things I was going to look at recently for the site was just breaking down some of the areas and some of the ways in which these rookie QBs have been extremely risky. And it kind of has, I was doing that, I stumbled across an article by Warren Sharp, one of our buddies who basically had done all that. And so there's no need to really reproduce it. If you're interested in that, check out his article there on Fox. But the main takeaway is that rookie quarterbacks and basically first round drafted QBs. And Ben and I did a big show on this for Stealing Bananas in the middle of last season when we were talking about what are we thinking could happen for guys like Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter. And again, we mentioned them frequently on the show. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to hit, but these are the guys right now who have the names that are relevant to think through what a later QB could do. Because a lot of the guys over the last couple of decades who have been big time stars have come from that area. And the flip side is that a shocking percentage of first round QBs have busted. And that's pretty relevant when we look at where we are with the four guys here at the top of the drafts, right? You have Bryce Young, who seems very, very safe, maybe the safest player in the entire draft. And yet you're going to be dealing with size issues and how that relates to both upside and health. You're going to be dealing with going to a franchise that is not particularly strong and doesn't have receiving weapons. And you're going to be dealing with a, a quarterback who at this point hasn't done a lot of rushing. One of the things that you hear, even just from scouts who are looking at it from a reality perspective, is it'd be great if Young and Stroud actually use some of that athleticism to get down the field just themselves. That really working to find these passing options could be handcuffing them a little bit. So when you have all of those elements and you're really not looking at the profile of a fantasy star, you're looking more at the profile of, say, a Tua, you want to take that into consideration. Stroud, somebody probably with a little bit more upside, a little bit less of the size risk, but also you have the rushing risk. He got to play with these extraordinary wide receivers at Ohio State, and still there were some ups and downs. Now, he finished both 2021 and 2022 on an incredible high note. You look at what happened in the national championship game with Georgia TCU, and the fact that Ohio State should have won their semifinal in large part because of him. And you can see this massive upside. But if he goes to the Carolina Panthers, and while they're, they're still doing their due diligence on this, certainly the reports, and I think the logic would suggest that they moved up for him. That's another team where, yeah, they've made some slight improvements now. He's going to be throwing to Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. 
well, I mean, nobody wants those guys in any type of dynasty format. If those are going to be your receivers, again, you're looking at what is the actual fantasy profile from that QB, and can you replicate that with a Jerry Goff, a Derek Carr? Guys who, while not exciting, are still going to be in the NFL for a reasonable amount of time. Right? So when you're looking at even a four or five-year window, are these young guys really going to blow that away from a fantasy perspective then you have anthony richardson with massive bust potential you have will levis kind of in between and in some ways levis is actually maybe the most interesting of these guys not nearly as good of a passing prospect as the top two not as strong of a rushing prospect as richardson but perhaps more likely to actually end up being a starter than richardson to be able to maintain that sustain that for more than whatever the experimental sample is i mean guys like jake locker I mean, you get to go out there and play for a while and then he's like i mean you're not completing any passes we're not winning any games we've got to go in a different direction richardson if he goes to the right team where their plan for him is simply specifically and more or less only to use his strengths then maybe you can mitigate those weaknesses develop the passing element a little bit but when you're looking at this and if the best way to actually thread the needle for both fantasy ceiling and being able to remain an NFL starter is Levis. Then, I mean, I think it puts this conversation back in a little bit of a different context again, where if you're looking at Bijan Robinson versus him, it's not a particularly difficult question. I think it very much does then come down to the players involved. And so we're looking at positions, but we're also looking at players. And Robinson is a guy where there are so many similarities at this point to players like a Brees Hall, a Jonathan Taylor, a Saquon Barkley. And because we know what those guys did at the NFL level, and for Hall, it was just a handful of games. But I mean, he already looked like a combination between Adrian Peterson and David Johnson, right? Or Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell. So is he going to come back and do that? We don't know. But you look at what he was as a prospect. You look at Taylor as a prospect. You look at Barkley as a prospect. And the game-breaking ability of those players, even if it's for a smaller window, and even if there are some downsides to building your team in that way, there are also some incredible upsides. And one of the reasons why zero running back becoming more popular in Dynasty is that we have witnessed the problems that guys like a Barkley and a CMC and a Taylor and now obviously Brees Hall, have run into, it's easy to forget just how big of an issue and a devastating issue injuries were at the QB position last year. But if you had this guy in Robinson who could be those guys younger, healthier at this point, then, I mean, again, we go back to who's going to give you the biggest advantage, who is the superstar here. I think that the draft just a couple of years ago give some insight into this where we have an interesting draft where you have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones all going very early in the reality draft. Those guys tend to be mixed through the fantasy drafts based on how early they were going and then what their fantasy profiles were. But because you had those QBs pushed up and because you have someone like Anashi Harris pushed up, you were able to get the unique player in that draft, in Jamar Chase, often at the 105, the 106, 
I have a feeling there were even some situations where he fell to the 107. I know there were people when I was on the clock getting ready to take Chase at the 106 who, you know, really pushing, you know, don't you want to take the quarterback? Don't you want to get Zach Wilson? And that feels absurd when we think back on it. But the Jets had just made this gamble on Wilson above Trey Lance, above Justin Fields, above Mac Jones. And it's easy to think, well, Mac Jones, no big deal. But he was coming off of the kind of season at Alabama that is just, again, very unique and extraordinary in terms of what he did. So you think through all of that. And I think the takeaway, again, is that you want to draft the best players and you let the positional elements of it come to you or at least don't force those types of things that the players aren't there. Now, if the question were Bijan Robinson versus Caleb Williams, the prospect at QB who you know, we assume will be at next year's draft, then I think it's much easier to say, yeah, take the quarterback because you have a player who's higher ceiling in a variety of ways. You're getting the quarterback version of a Robinson or a Jamar Chase. And then again, you wouldn't pass on him for someone with these other positions because he could be that guy. He could be, I mean, no one's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but maybe you get 95% of Patrick Mahomes with a lot more rushing. Maybe you get basically what Josh Allen is. Maybe you get Jalen Hurts, but a much better passer. And so I think that we want to look at the specific players involved and not let the positional value really color how we're seeing them. Because one of the things, I don't think that it's clear cut at all to take Stroud or Young or Richardson at two or three or four. And if those guys should arguably fall to four, five, and six, then the question of those QBs versus Robinson, for me, becomes clearer. At the same time, you definitely have to consider it. You definitely have to continue to evaluate. You're going to have to look at the team that actually drafts these guys. If you have the 102, it's not going to be a clear-cut choice, but we'll have more information after the draft the question does mention trading down i think that part of it is interesting monty and i have a team that is absolutely loaded in the rv triflex format and doesn't have that foundation qb doesn't have a lot of depth at qb either and so we're in the situation where we did win the back draw so we do have the 101 a lot of people in the league are assuming that we'll either take a qb or move down we get a lot of trade discussions around that We've had trade discussions from moving into the 103, what that would take, because that's a rebuilding manager. And again, the assumption is that we would take a QB at the 103 if we moved in there, but we wouldn't necessarily. I mean, that might be the JSN pick. So you move in, you take Robinson number one, you take JSN number three, and you lock in the guys who are the absolute stars from this draft class. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think you mentioned a, a very interesting thing at the start was, is taking that QB early, feeling safe in the Superflex rookie drafts a bit like you know, a running back, running back start in your leagues and and season long. That really struck with me. And it feels like a lot of times we're looking for the safety in those situations. So when I'm looking through the question again, as we look through it, you know, it says basically if there's a quality QB prospect going at the 101, but then the next part of the question is when the game-breaking QBs are the scarcest commodity. Game-breaking QBs are one of the scarcest commodities in Superflex, but some of the names you mentioned off there in terms of like a Mac Jones, it's not a game-breaking quarterback who also would have been going relatively um, valuable in these sort of drafts. Even, unfortunately, with Trey Lance, it's been injury-related. He had a lot of, of that potential, may still have it. But when we're looking at the the difference and what the expectations may be, I think the key is if it, and this is basically what you mentioned about next year's draft, if it is a true game-breaking commodity and even though trevor lawrence's first season in the nfl as a rookie was pretty much a disaster he came in with a profile that had the upside and he has delivered on that in year two now will that continue to improve we we certainly would hope so but there is a difference in qb prospect in those ranges and a game breaking qb that you could see that elite upside in in a couple of years time the other part is are we ever going to get a chance to be able to trade a top quarterback for Bijan straight up other than on draft day and again it comes back to that is it a case that it's a top uh, quarterback prospect on draft day true perception or is it going to be something that is able to have that realization if we look Sean even at your rankings for example on the website for the triflex format and we look at how things have fallen over the last couple of years with the quarterback position the likes of a Fields and a Lawrence are in there but there is also a lot of those quarterbacks drafted in the last two, three years who are down in that kind of tier three, tier four, where you mentioned, you know, it's a more of a position that you can fill with those guys rather than something that you're going to have to give up a lot of assets. So if you're asking, can you trade X for Y? I think that the running back and the wide receiver position, the wide receiver position specifically, the the value tends to to hold, I think, a little bit better there versus the safe choice at, at quarterback that really stood out when when you mentioned that to me is that something that you said on the flyer is that something you've been thinking about for a while i think your point there column about again the game breaking qb is what's so relevant here to where when you look at my tier one it is mostly qbs so there is but there's seven guys out of you know let's say there's 40 eligible quarterbacks in the NFL. There, there's seven guys in that tier. Right. And so 
there's a recognition of the fact that yes, the QBs are the most valuable. They're going to have the most trade value. They're going to be the players that you need as foundation pieces if you can get them. But there's a big difference between those guys and everybody else. And so you have the tier one with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence. Justin Herbert probably dropping a little bit out of that in the next iteration. You have Lamar Jackson kind of on the edge. And we've seen some massive trades with Lamar Jackson over the past couple of weeks. It's one of these interesting elements that we actually mentioned pretty frequently in the show where controversy or uncertainty can actually be good for trading as opposed to making it impossible to make those moves. But you look at those guys, and then for me, there's a huge break because Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are the only other couple of quarterbacks there who go in rounds two and three combined. The next quarterbacks for me go down into round four when we're looking at a super flex startup. And those guys are the rookies. They're Stroud and Young. And so I have those players already very high in the overall QB pecking order, but not as high as most rankers have them relative to just the other players. Once you get out of the star QBs, I have the foundation players at running back and wide receiver as above unproven rookie QBs who have some serious red flags. We talk about serious red flags and we have to think in terms of probabilities here because there's a real way in which these guys can hit. I think that Bryce Young needs to hit on a Drew Brees type of level in order to be a guy who moves up into that range. Stroud, you're probably thinking a little bit more like a Justin Herbert type of player. If those guys hit, they would move up into that area. They would be similar to Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, who are at the back third of the first round. But even then, I mean, there's going to be a gap between those guys and the Mahomes, Allen, Hurts types of players. And so before they've demonstrated that they're the stars before they've demonstrated that they can overcome the warts and their teams, because again, that's going to be something that is very relevant, especially for the first couple of years when you're looking at 2023 and 2024 production and whether you would have, would rather have those QBs or foundation running backs and wide receivers who are already there already scoring points and who are still going to be young in two years. One of the things we talk about a lot in terms of how you're going to structure your trades and how you're going to structure your startups, how you're going to value players is that you want players where you can play them for two years and win at a high level and then still move them at their peak. Rounds two and three of the rankings here are easy to fill with those types of players. And so that's where the priority would be for me. And you can make contingent bets on other types of players who are not going to be as expensive and maybe they have a lesser chance to hit anytime that a a QB, even one with a fantastic fantasy profile falls the way the guys in last year's class did, then you know that they're not going to have the insulation. But one of the most recent reports surrounding Hal, for example, is that Washington is looking at Hendon hooker. And so he's the guy where probably there would be a slow build with the injury that he has and how would get a chance to still sort of prove that he's the answer before you go to that other play. But Washington is creating other paths beyond just how. You have to keep that in mind. But the price is also very relevant. And so when we're concentrating risk or diversifying risk, when we make moves to get those top QBs, we're concentrating the risk. We're making moves to have this 
sort of broad base of running backs and receivers, we're diversifying some of the risk. And we're talking about a specific draft where we can have one player, then it's going to be a little bit concentrated either way, unless you move down. But that's, again, one of the reasons why I like Robinson, who is one of these legendary types of prospects. It's one of the reasons why I like Gibbs, who is probably the closest thing to an Austin Eckler who's come out of the draft since Christian McCaffrey. You have JSN, who could be better than what we saw last year from Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, two players who obviously were under valued in last year's draft in part because it was a little bit difficult to really tell between those three guys like who is the actual star who's playing off of each other you know is it the offense is it the quarterback could it be the guys well it turns out it looks like it may just be all the guys and so when you have that option that's the direction i would take you want to eliminate as many risks as you can you want to score as many points as you can in the short term and then you want to also be building for the long term because one of the things with Robinson and Gibbs is if they hit and score the way that we expect, they're still going to have a lot of trade value at 23. And even though it really hurts to look and see where Barkley is as a result of those injuries and how that wiped out really his key fantasy time period and his key sort of retrade value from a dynasty perspective, as much as it is a huge bummer that Taylor got hurt last season and now is really mired in this Colts offense. As much as it was devastating that Hall had the injury that he had last year, there's kind of that counterbalancing effect where because those guys have lost some value, the value for Robinson in comparison as a result of that becomes even more. If you just have the one guy up there who can do the kinds of things that really all four of those players have demonstrated they can do and should be able to do in a perfect world. Again, it just separates him out. And so when we go back to the rankings, I have Mahomes and Allen at the top. Then we have those two receiving stars and Jefferson and Chase. Jalen Hurts at five. Obviously, he could be as high as two. A little bit of a tear break, even though they're all in that same big trade value tier. A little bit of a tear break to Joe Burrow. Justin Fields at seven. And then I have Robinson at eight. So I have him above Trevor Lawrence. And then I think that's where you then have the next little break down to your Herbert Wilson, CD Lamb, Brees Hall tier. But when you're thinking about Robinson and thinking about how you would value him, and this is basically where I think most people are. That's the reason why he is expected to be the one-on-one. Then, I mean, you should have those highlight runs of Barkley and Taylor and Brees Hall in your head, what they'll do for you as a fantasy manager on Sundays this fall. A lot of food for thought there, Sean. I think for the the people listening in, uh, hopefully that is opening up some ideas about potential ways of thinking about the 101. Maybe you're at the 102 and you're thinking about potentially moving up. Maybe you're further back. You mentioned about some people trying to get into that 105 range to see what options are available. It's always interesting from this time to the NFL draft and then post-NFL draft to see how, you know, the rankings shake out to see how the landing spots are but one of the things that's always interesting and we talk about this when we're drafting in our rookie drafts some of those players sean the the difference from draft to draft because obviously when you're talking about the consensus but when you're you're into individual 12 team leagues 16 team leagues for example different people do different things and that shakes up how the draft plays out so they are always fun to review the individual drafts as well but good question the 101 Bijan robinson are a multitude of other options sean mentioned jsn as well in there but really enjoyed going through that on today's episode of the show 
and Colin, we got we got a shout out as well there to the fantasy dude. So uh, listener wanted him to know that if he's listening, still very much appreciated. We're thinking of him, Colin. You and I would certainly agree with that sentiment. We've got people from the early days who remember the Geno Smith hair on fire article and Colin, you and I obviously a lot of enthusiasm and affection for Geno Smith as well. We're so glad that that has played out positively for him in the end. I'm hoping that all four of the quarterbacks who look like they're going to go early in this class hit right away and are stars. If they don't, we hope they can come back through and 10 years from now, we're talking about Will Levis as being the best 20th round pick that will win you a million dollars in Superflex drafts. Yeah, and the other thing, Sean, you mentioned there is, well, you mentioned that in 10 years, but you also mentioned uh, the fantasy douche and, and Rotoviz, you mentioned also starting, like when it started up. It's it's right in the 10-year range, so uh, it's uh, it's pretty unique at this particular point. So we'll be we'll be talking about Will Levis at the, the 20th anniversary of <laughs> rotoviz.com. But if you are interested in signing up and getting yourself a subscription at rotaviz.com, you can use the code RVRadio2023 at checkout to save yourself 10%, get you uh, access to all of the content on the website, all of Sean's rankings, all of his articles, and the rest of the team over there putting out fantastic work as we approach the NFL draft. The other thing I would like to ask, we did hit 2,000 subscribers on the Rotaviz YouTube channel this past week. We are still looking to hit those 200 reviews on Apple Podcast for Rotoviz Overtime. Drop us a written review if you haven't done so already. And likewise, if you haven't subscribed over at the Rotoviz YouTube channel, we would really appreciate that. If you're watching this over on Rotoviz, drop us a comment. That always helps in the, I guess the comment section below is the, the best way to, to say that. But I was trying to get a smooth transition, Sean. It didn't really work out. But Well, no, but all those things do make a huge difference for us. They really do, the yeah. different algorithms. And so we appreciate each and every person who has done that. There's no pressure to do it. But if you have a moment and you're thinking, you know, what can we do for the OT guys, that does help us. And, again, we just really appreciate everybody in the OT community. Yeah, and another uh, thing that will be coming up, we did our listener draft a couple of uh, probably about a month and a half ago, six weeks ago at this point. We will be doing another one post-NFL draft. So if you are interested in – drafting along with us over at the ffpc do let me know over at overtime ireland at gmail.com or overtime ireland on twitter send me a dm we'll get you added into the potential list of draftees against myself and sean when the time does come around that is going to wrap up our third show of the week thank you for tuning in if you haven't checked out the ones earlier this week head on back and listen to those we talked about our favorite early round prospects some of sean's late round running back gems we dived into as well so listening as we make those selections while on the clock but until we are back next week have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his with a discount through the road of his radio homepage road of his.com forward slash podcast